First, thanks, Margot, for volunteering yourself at the last minute, but you've got little ones there. I'm, sometimes I've got to show people that I do work here. So. <laughs> a number of years ago, someone gave me a, a book that I'm still reading. It is very large. It's, it's probably that thick. And the book is called What If? And it's a whole series of based on true historical facts. It's, it's all kinds of major world developments from the Peloponnesian Wars uh, through the crucifixion, World War II, uh, and, and, and beyond, and, and, and political and, and social and all sorts of things. But the book basically teaches us, teaches me as I'm reading it, uh, about the historical background, the true facts of the things that were happening. And then it twists at the end and it says, but what if this happened? What if this would have happened? What if um, the South won? Where would we be as a nation? What if Jesus was never crucified? Where would we be, would be as a people of God? What if, what if, what if? It just keeps pulling that. And it's, it's really good. I, I just wish I could read faster than what it's written. But it's very heavy. It's very heavy. Now, I, and I, I use that because uh, I, I thought of it when I read this parable today. You know, what if God would have said to those people, oh, yeah, go pull out the weeds. Go, go take care of them now. Um, you know, the, the weeds had so deeply embedded themselves into the, the wheat that they would have lost a lot of their crop, a lot of their income. And this earlier this week, and I beg the indulgence of those of you who would go to daily mass, but earlier this week I was in a what-if mode. On Tuesday, uh, we read about Moses and how Moses, how the Pharaoh had ordered all the young boys to be killed, and, 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 and Moses' mother wrapped him up and put him in the basket. We know the story. He floats down the river. He gets caught in the reeds. The Pharaoh's daughter finds him. They take him back to the palace. He's raised in luxury. He's raised uh, in, by the Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, and, and later he goes out and, and he, he kills a, a, an Egyptian, and now he's got a price on his head. He, um, he's, he can be in big trouble with the Pharaoh, and he knows it. So he runs away. He runs to the mountains to hide, and yet in those mountains God finds him and says, come closer, I've got things for you to do. And we keep moving with the Moses story, and it's go tell that Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses becomes this great leader. Moses takes his people through the exodus and, and those 40 years. And Moses, in his, in his stubbornness at times, in his doubtfulness at times, in his uh, obstinate behaviors at times, is punished later. He never gets into the promised land because he doubts God at times. But what if God would have let Moses just go? What if God would have said, I don't see any redeeming qualities in you at all? You, you murder people, you're obstinate, you're, you're, you're hard-headed, stubborn, miserable. You know, what if the reeds weren't there that day? What if the water was a little higher and the reeds didn't capture that basket? Or, or the basket had holes in it and, and Moses sank to the, in the bottom of the Nile and, 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 and drowned? Or went out to the ocean and, and no one ever found him? But God saw something more in Moses. 
that he knew that he could be something great. He saw the weeds in, in the garden of Moses and chose to let them grow so that he could reap a harvest. On the same day we celebrated that was the feast, an optional feast, of a saint called Camillus de Lillis. It's an option. You don't have to celebrate it, but I do because I like to say it. <laughs> Camillus de Lillis is the patron saint for doctors and nurses and hospitals and patients. And I like to say it not only because I like to say his name, but because I'm ever indebted in my entire life has been uh, a, a gift of doctors and nurses in my, in, my, in my own health journey. And I'm very grateful for that ministry, grateful that God calls men and women in, 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 into this ministry. But Camillus Dulillus was born to a mother. She was 50 years old when she had him. And his father was a professional soldier. He is off to work all the time, out fighting battles for the, for the kingdom. And Camillus grows up, and, and his mother just can't do it anymore. Those of you with teenagers might understand this. What am I going to do with you? You're obstinate. You're miserable. You don't want to do anything. So she sends him off to, to be with his father. She sends him off to, to, to be a soldier with his father. And as he's soldiering, he, he doesn't change much at all. He's miserable. He, he's he's um, stubborn. He learns to, he, he's a big gambler. He, he gambles away most of his fortune. He, he gets in, involved in a lot of alcohol. He gets involved in, in just himself. And he gets wounded in, this, in a battle. And he gets a wound in his leg, and that wound never heals. He carries it with him to the end of his life. And he goes to the hospital for care. And he's so belligerent that they throw him out of the hospital. Those of you who are nurses might know that. <laughs> you might know that person. <laughs> so belligerent that they throw him out of the hospital. So he has to find himself. The war's over. The, 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 the army's disbanded. He needs to find a place to work. And he finds a Capuchin monastery. And they give him some odd jobs. And he gets interested in what they do, and faith begins to take hold of him. Faith begins to show him the way, the truth, the life. Despite all the weeds in his life, he embraces faith. He's, he's uh, baptized, and he gets really involved with those Capuchins, and he wants to be a priest, but they tell him no. You can't. Your wound is, 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 a, is a flaw. There was a time in the history of the church, not too, recent, not too long ago, where if a person applying for priesthood had any flaw, they would be denied. So if I were missing a finger, I'd be denied. Or if I had an open wound, or um, when I was in the seminary, there was, a, there was a young man from Pittsburgh who had to have permission of the Pope to be ordained because he was almost blind because the priest represented the spotless lamb of God, the victim, the spotless victim of God. And so they didn't want him. So he goes off to somewhere else and, and he starts to work with them, but he finds a, a great need for people on the streets who are sick and who are poor and can't afford medical help. So he gathers a group of people together. They eventually form a, a, a monastery of their own 
and they wear these huge uniforms with this big red cross on it. We're very familiar with what that red cross means. Help is on its way. Help is on its way. Now, again, what if God would have just said, okay, you know, Camillus is a miserable old man. He got, he got hit in the leg with that, that shrapnel and, you know, and let him die. Or let him continue to, to squander away all of his, his earnings and, his, and, and live this life that he wanted to live. But he saw something else in Camillus. And, he, and it turned out to be something marvelous. While the weeds grew in this garden of Camillus, God was seeing the greatness that could come from him. And until this day, that order continues to work with the sick and the poor and in hospitals. So why do I tell those two stories from a homily a week ago? <laughs> what about us? What if God just gave up on us? What if God saw the weeds, only the weeds? You know, God looks at us, and I'm amazed at God always, particularly in my own life. God sees what's wrong with us. God sees the sin in us. God sees the darkness in us. God sees the obstinate in us. But he keeps smiling and choosing us. He keeps loving us and forgiving us and choosing to do what Paul says in his own scriptures. God has begun good work in you. Let him bring it to completion. What if God just gave up on all of us? We, we, we wouldn't be here today. You know, I tease that I had to show you that I work. I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> you know, all of us would be somewhere. But God, God loves us so much that he continues to see what's that, that, that embedded in us are these weeds. And how did they get there? Oh, he's very clear. Jesus was very clear. How did they get there? Oh, the enemy. Who's our enemy? The devil. He names him. Who put him there? The devil. And we allow the devil to sometimes just take over. We allow that, that Satan to just walk into our lives and convince us that we are ugly, that we are useless, that we are worthless, and that God has no time for us. And that's so, un, so unfair to the goodness of God in our midst. God who, who permits repentance of our sin. God who gives his children, as the Book of Wisdom said this morning, grounds for hope. A God who's good and forgiving, abounding in kindness, calling as we call upon him, answering us. And so today we ask the Lord to, to help us to, to, to keep those weeds at bay. To keep for ourselves to work really hard at, at keeping our sins away from taking deep root in our lives. That we're so blinded to the presence of God and his love for us that we no longer become that wonderful garden, that we no longer become that great harvest. Jesus says, if we have ears, we ought to hear. What if we only listened?